Welcome to Mystery Bible. My name is Ken Primus. I'm your host. We've been looking at the children of Israel singing, partying, if you will. And last week, I spent some time to teach you guys and to bring to your remembrance. As crazy as the children of Israel behave when we see and we read the stories about them in the Bible, and we see some tremendous um, miracles and the power of God on their behalf, and then the next minute we see them doing all kinds of crazy stuff. And we have to remember that the children of Israel is just like you and me, exactly like like you and I. And when we read those stories, we get a chance and a glimpse as to see the corruptness of our mind and our behavior. Because just like they were programmed in Egypt for several hundred years, you and I were programmed in the world before we became born again. And it is a perfect example of you and I walking our walk of faith. We go up, we go down, we, we turn against God. God are, are, uh, is angry with us. I mean, it's a family. It's a dad with his kid, his, his firstborn. And they're going to go through some stuff. And you and I are going to get a chance to see this evolution with God and his children. And you'll see there are times when God was like, okay, let me wipe them out. Moses comes and said, no, you can't do that. This is your people. And then there are times when Moses loses his mind. And um, this back and forth exchange between these, uh, between Moses and God. And we know that um, Moses is special to God because we'll see in the story with Miriam and Aaron later when um, he got, got angry with them. And this is dealing with racism and, and stuff like that. And we'll look at that. And that is why I see the church today spitting racism. And God judged that with Miriam and Aaron when he had the deadliest form of leprosy came upon her because she was coming against Moses because of his wife, which was a sister. And they haven't met them yet. Because remember when Aaron and Moses, when Aaron came to meet Moses and Moses was bringing his family, Aaron said, you can't, you can't bring them yet, man. Um, leave them here and uh, we'll come back and get them. So that's what had happened. So they haven't met his wife nor his kids, his father-in-law, none of that stuff there as yet. So, but we'll get a chance to see all of that. Last podcast, we looked at uh, the book of Yasher and we saw that scene about them partying and then the next scene of them losing their mind. And so is the walk of uh, the Christian walk that we have. Again, I want you to see and understand this. Don't, um, I used to be like that when I was younger. How can they do that? When I got older, I was like, oh my God, forgive me. Um, because I recognize that I behave similarly. I was crazy just like they were. But there's one thing about our father that's very beautiful. He is in love with us and he loves us very much. Jesus Christ loves us. The Holy Spirit loves us. This God that we serve, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob that introduced himself to the children of Israel through Moses. He loves us all. He created you and I. The Bible tells us that he, the Holy Spirit breathed into us and the gift that he gave to us that we became a speaking soul. We were a little different than all the others. And so as we became the speaking soul, God was in love with us. And he still is. And that's why he paid a price to redeem us 
from the curse and the curse was came into mankind through disobedience and the blessing comes through mankind through obedience obedience to the death and resurrection of his son confession believing that and confessing it we oh, because of our father um, adam we were born into it because of his disobedience so it is the will of the father and then you have the two kingdoms the children of disobedience that the bible calls are the kids of obedience and so that's it uh and you and i have to choose which side we want to be which kingdom do we want to participate in and that is what god does with who we are but he recognized our weaknesses and so let's take a look now we are going to see we read the book of yasher on that scene but i wanted to um, lay out a map a road map for you guys as to the children of israel you know they're they're in bondage for x amount of years god introduces to them they get born again if you will and they're now going to start their walk of faith and god you know how we were we have glimpse of walking in faith go get the money go get the stuff from the children of Israel. yes great favor was on them okay you get it now he brings them out he's delivering them they're there you take all the wealth and i believe when the children of israel left this particular scene right here all of it this was what caused the destruction of egypt as we knew it then because all of their men died and you have to remember that that was a particular pretty famous area where they would come and do a lot of trading and stuff like that so a lot of the men died um pharaoh was spared and so uh, i believe the interbreeding with other cultures because all uh, all the men had died and so that's where i believe that you see the lighter skin of the um the egyptians today but uh the uh first uh first egyptians if you will they were of darker skin and it's known through antiquities and through the word and through all the different books so that's my belief as to when because remember when they left they took their wealth they took the strip them cattle and everything else so it was a total destruction of uh egypt as we knew it and they took their wealth the men died all of that and remember even before that a lot of the people died the firstborn died firstborn kids both men girls animals everything so it was a destruction a total destruction of egypt when the children of israel was leaving it and um but i wanted to bring to you the the road map if you will for for our walk you see that you have this beautiful thing encounter with god and you and i we have this beautiful encounter with god we get saved and then we have to live and go to the promised land if you will and as we are going through the promised land going to the promised land we have some hardship and so when everyone believes that they're going to be born again that everything should be um pie in the sky bound tip to tip through tiptoe through the tulip or something like that was the name of the song and we think that this uh salvation is just that you know everything is going to go good nothing in this world is going to happen to you so you will never ever suffer again you are going to walk in you're going to be this beautiful person you're going to love everyone all of a sudden and um you know all kinds of craziness we have in our mind not understanding that there's a process that we have to go through we have to deprogram ourselves we still believe a lot of crazy stuff and so because we still believe a lot of crazy stuff things are going to happen to us we see that the children of israel right after this glorious time of singing unto the lord 
that they had to go into the real world and begin to start heading in the direction that they were supposed to. Now, in heading into the direction that they were going to, look where they were going. They were going straight into a desert. Now, when you're thinking about going straight into a desert, and you really haven't prepared, per se, to go into the desert, meaning that, you know, how much food did you guys take? Did you take water? I mean, what was the stuff? Remember, they left abruptly out of there, and um, they hadn't planned this all this wonderful stuff, so they're going to come into some problems. That's natural. But you remember I spoke to you last week and talked to you about how God had set up this whole entire Christian walk, was that herein is the righteousness of God, um, you know, it's from faith to faith, it just shall live by faith. Herein is the righteousness of God revealed. So he laid it out, how we should now walk this Christian walk. And never is going to be perfect, but what we are recommending, what he's recommending, is that we do this by faith, from faith to faith, from situation to situation, from every problem to another problem. We are going to walk this whole journey by faith, so that when things come and we are singing, when the good times come, or the season for everything, the season for rain, snow, everything. God, uh, He designed season. There's a season for war. There's a day and season for everything. And so, when we go through these seasons, God's original plan was still faith, from faith to faith. That's how we are going to get to know Him, and that's how we're going to get to know us. We're going to have to learn how to trust him because we are now in a new kingdom. We have new policies and procedures, new laws, new everything that we have to learn because we don't know all of them. We have to learn them and we have to believe them. We have to replace the old programming with this new belief. And that takes time. It's not going to happen overnight. And that's why these stupid topics that come out, why do good things happen to bad people? What is it? Why do bad things happen to good people? The big title, Christians running, spending all the money about that nonsense. Look, you know why it happens? Because you got to live by faith and you're living on this planet. And because you're living on this planet, you know, uh, when God, Jesus prayed, he said, you know, uh, give us this, they are daily bread, protect us from evil and all this kind of stuff like that. Because he knows. That we are still here on this earth. But Jesus says, don't be afraid, for I have overcome them, even your faith. So by faith we overcome them. By faith the children of Israel overcame Israel, walking out of Israel with their wealth. It was by faith that, chil that the children of Israel um, uh, 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 conquered them in the Red Sea. They walked in by faith. And so God was trying to teach them about faith on their way to the promised land. And as we saw, and we know because we, you know, this is, we're catching up. We have, um, we know the outcome. Out of that, hundreds of thousands of people, only two men got it. Only two men got it. Only two men, Joshua and Caleb. Every one of those guys, hundreds of thousands of them died because they did not get it. The book of Hebrew calls it the great quarrel. And we'll see how... The quarrel began. We saw it, and I made mention to that to you guys. We saw when it began, and the beginnings of it, and the programming of the people, and how quickly 
they are consumed by their memory of Egypt and not by the promise of God. So you and I have to look at the promise of God versus the memory of in the kingdom of darkness because that's all they did. They were, that's all they would bring up. You, you brought us here to do this when we were back there, all of it. And so let's take a look at the beginnings of the beginnings, if you will. As we begin to see this, the mindset, because this is what I want you guys to get as we're reading it, the mindset, the perspective by which they are seeing themselves and the perspective by which they believe in God. So we're going to focus on uh, the beginning of the beginnings. We were talking about the bitter water we talked about last week about them uh, dancing. And I don't think I, I need to go through the other sources for that. But I wanted to take some time and lay the foundation as to what we're going in with the knowledge knowing that God is setting this up that is from faith to faith that you and I and the children of Israel are supposed to walk their journey from the desert into the promised land. So whatever desert you're in in your life today, it is from faith to faith. You have to use your faith in order to get through that desert. And as you go through the desert, you will not be burned. We see from reading the Word of God that the children of Israel, as they were going through, they were complaining. While they were complaining, God was providing and showing them who He was. And even though they were complaining, He was still showing who He was. And we will see that in many of those confrontations between the people of Israel and Moses and God is highly emotionally charged and to the point where they want to kill him and all kinds of stuff. The emotion is hot, if you will. And when you and I get hot emotionally, we can attack God based on uh, our emotional response. But I want to challenge you guys within your wilderness not to get too emotional about your situation. I know it's easy to do that because we are human, but I want to show you there's a cost to getting too emotional and begin to murmur against God because when you become emotional, you are going to come out of faith because faith, your emotion has nothing to do with faith. In a sense, it says faith is looking. You have, uh, it tells us that the just shall live by it, all right? And then it says, for we walk by faith. So it is your eyes in the spiritual realm. It is how you see things. It is how you perceive things. You are not to look at the natural eye because you have awakened through salvation. The spiritual man that is you and behind you, behind those eyes in the natural. And so when, because he's awake now, he, the Bible tells us, this guy, he knows and he trusts God. So your soul, we know, the Bible tells us, that boy is corrupted along with your flesh. So those are corrupted. When you become born again, your spirit man is renewed. Because that is the conduit by which God is going to communicate with you. Okay? And so he had to awaken your the communicator within you so that you can hook up back to him. And now this soul of ours is corrupt. And he and the flesh can get really, when they partner together and they come against your uh, conduit, your spirit, 
as they say, all hell break loose. So you have to learn how to allow your soul to gather the information that is necessary because you're in this new kingdom. So you need to find out the data that is necessary to operate and function optimally within this kingdom so that you can move from faith to faith. You're not being drawn in. The devil is not going to get you, you know, he knows how to push that trigger. Just like everyone that knows how to push that trigger to get an emotional response out of you. When they get an emotional response out of you, they got you. And we will see that everything that the children of Israel did is based on their emotions. So let's take a look at the book of Josephus. And I mentioned to you guys last week, that the book of Josephus has a lot of information dealing with the children of Israel in the wilderness and the battle that when they came to war with the Amalekites and stuff like that. We, we, did, we touched a little on that last week. And so I wanted to, there's a reason why I wanted to take Josephus because we see that there's this um, emotional encounter uh, after they party, which is an emotional celebration. And then we see them begin to tap into other the dark side of their personality and their belief. And then it gets worse. They find themselves in a war and it gets worse because they're getting deeper and deeper into the wilderness, getting closer to their promise. But as you get closer to your promise, wars are going to break out. All kinds of stuff is going to break out. And I'll tell you an example of a story. So we have Peter. He set out on this journey. He he and his boys are in, in the, the boat, and they look, and they see this figure coming. And it looks like Jesus walking on the water. You know, he's exercising his faith. He's walking. And that's why I say to you, faith is the power that supersedes all of the natural power in the realm of the earth. Faith supersedes them all. Why is that? Because faith created the natural world. And God said that there be. And God used faith, calling those things according to the book of Rome, calling those things that are not as though they were. So he created by speaking his words. That is why it's very important that you learn to control your emotions. Because you're going to say things that you believe. And you're going to create that. That is why I want to spend some time and talk to you guys about this as we begin to walk through this. Because it is very important because you tap into different laws from one to another. That is when you're walking by faith, you're activating laws within the spiritual realm. When you are in your emotional state, your words will activate um, stuff in the uh, in the in the natural realm in your body, and it'll manifest faster because you attach that emotional thing to it. Yet, and once you attach that emotional thing to it, it is real and it becomes a reality much faster. Why? Because it's inside of you. You've already believed it, and so when you become born again, you are reprogramming your soul. You're reprogramming your soul. That is our responsibility. Beloved, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health as your soul prospered. I hid my word in my heart. So, And it talks about your soul. The heart is a chamber by which all of your belief and everything is stored, waiting to be used based on situations that come into your life. 
So we see as this man Peter is walking, he sees this figure of Jesus Christ and he says, Hey, Jesus, that looks like you. If it is you, um, you know, let me come out and meet you out there. And Jesus said, Come on, bro. I'm, I'm here. Come on out. And I know that Jesus wasn't walking fast to get to him. I know he probably slowed down a couple of steps, you know. And Brother Peter jumps out and he didn't sink. Brother Peter was walking by faith. Peter was like, yo, this is awesome. And he kept moving towards Jesus Christ. You know, he probably had a little strut in his step, if you will. And so he's moving forward towards God, towards the promised land. He's, he's walking with the word, just like the children of Israel. They walked in the Red Sea by the word. They took the wealth of the children of uh, the Egyptians by, by the word. And he's walking by faith. Children of Israel walked through the Red Sea by faith. They got on the other side and they were singing, partying. Peter, I, I don't think he was partying, but he, he had a step. You know, he had a little hop in his step, if you will. He's getting closer to Jesus Christ. And Jesus represents the promised land. He's come, coming over there. And so he's walking a little step. And it tells us that it started getting a little different around him. Now, the storm comes and it tells you, now, He's on the water. The storm is there. Jesus is there in the storm with him. And Peter took his eyes off of that word that was in front of him because apparently he must have been looking at Jesus while he was strutting. And so he's strutting, doing his thing, and the wind comes. The storm, there's a change in this situation. And he began to check out and start to look with the different eyes. He started to focus with his natural eyes. He took off from his spiritual eye, which was for we walk by faith, not by sight. He was walking by faith and he wasn't looking at anything. And so you and I are called to keep our eyes focused on the Word of God, not to allow the storms around us to cause us to disconnect and become emotional. He became so emotional that he cried out, Lord Jesus, save me. He, you know, he got emotional. You and I would get emotional if we were sinking. And so the children of Israel began to get emotion. And we'll see the Bible calls it the great quarrel. And they argued with God all day long. Chapter 1 in the Josephus. When the Hebrew had obtained such a wonderful deliverance, the, con the country was great trouble to them, which is Egypt, uh, for in it was uh, entirely a desert and without substance for them, and also had exceedingly little water, so that it not only was not at all sufficient for the men, not enough to feed any of the cattle, for it was parched, and had no moisture that might afford nutrient to the vegetable, so that they were forced to travel over this country as having no other country but this to travel in. They had indeed carried water along with them from the land over which they had traveled before, as their conductor had bidden them. But when that was spent, they were obligated to draw water out of wells. The pain by reason of the hardness of the soil, moreover, what water they found was bitter, and it fit and not fit for drinking, and this in small quantities also. And as they thus traveled, they came late in the evening to a place called Mara. And so we know that this place is called bitterness. 
bitterness, okay? Uh, he just described barren place. No prosperity, nothing, just parched. And where you are today, many of you, is just parched. It's bitterness. It's thither they came afflicted both by the tediousness of their journey and by their want of food. So physically, things changed. And so we're going to see what happened. And in such desert place, for they heard from those who had been to search that there was nothing to be found if they traveled on further. Yet was this water bitter and not fit for men to drink. Not only so, but it was intolerable even for the cattle themselves. So here you are in your, uh, you see this first chapter here, um, the first verse of it just described, you know, barren place. Place is bitter. Some, some, you know, things that are out of your control. You can't do that. You can't do anything about that. But there's this God that you saw that delivered you out of whatever situation where you're, you were in. And so much so that you began to sing to Him and you began to praise Him and worship him and so you come to this dry parched place the water is bitter bitterness whatever emotional bitterness that is springing up in you as i mentioned to you this thing is all emotional that takes you out of faith when you take your eyes off what is going to cause you to activate your emotion storms in peter's case it was some storms rough waters change in circumstances Children of Israel, dried up, bitterness, water, horrible. Everything looks, you know, that you can't do nothing. But that's not true. You came. Herein is the righteousness of God revealed. Herein is the right way by which God has set up this entire thing. That his kids are going to be walking from faith to faith. Because in this desert, you have to trust God to do some mighty things on your behalf right there in this desert, this place of bitterness, this parched place. Now let's take a look and see how emotional these folks got. Because I know that they got a little test. When Moses saw how much the people were cast down, first thing, see ya? You start getting discouraged, right? You're in your mess. I'm in my mess. Start getting cast down. And that the occasion of it could not be contradicted, for the people were not in the nature of complete army of men who might oppose a mighty, a, ma a manly fortitude to the necessity that distressed them. The multitude of the children and the women also being of too weak capacity to be persuaded by reason, natural stuff, blunted the courage of the men themselves. So we see this change in situation and the effect that it's having on the men and the women. And it all started when they became cast down, discouraged. The enemy is going to come in when we get to that place. And we began to start reasoning, began to start relying on the old data that we had while we were in the kingdom of disobedience. And so what does that reasoning do? It begins to blunt our courage and make us discourage fearfulness. All these entities are going to start coming in because we start getting emotional. He was therefore in great difficulty and made everyone uh, calmly his own. For they ran all of them to him and begged of him. The women begged for their children, the infants and the men 
for the women, they that he would not uh, overlook them, but procure some way or other for their deliverance. He therefore betook himself to prayer to God. So the people are emotional. Moses is going to pray. I want you guys to see this thing because that is why I spend some time in the beginning of the podcast laying down the foundation for you to see this process. It's very important. That's why I'm taking my time, guys. The people of Israel began to become emotional, cast down. Um, They began to look at their own reasoning, their own ability. And as they look at their own ability with this mountain problems, this desert, this dry, this bitterness, all that stuff, they are within their reasoning. They're seeing their limitation. For the Bible says all things are possible to the man who believes. And we have this man who believes. He therefore took himself to pray to God that he would change the water from this present badness and make it fit for drinking. The water was there for them already, but it was bitter. Do you understand what I'm saying? The water was there for them already, but it was bitter. Moses prayed to God that he would take the water that was there, that was bitter, and change it. You see, he was not emotional. He was praying. And the scripture said, The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much, brings much results. Children of Israel are panicking, cast down on their own reasoning, which blunted their courage, and they panicked, ran to Moses. So you got to figure out a way, man. You got to get some way to, to deliver us. You got to figure out a way. They got emotional. Moses went and prayed and looked at that same water. It's your perspective that is in, within your situation. Your perspective within your situation will dictate how you operate in your situation, how you come out of your situation, the type of victory or the loss that you'll have in your situation. We have Brother Peter. He's walking. His situation changed. And he began to take his eyes, changed his focus, he began to look at his reasoning. And when he began to look at his reasoning, he began to look at his own ability. And I'm sure he became cast down. And I'm sure he became blunt of courage. And he began to sink and he cried out, God, you got Jesus, you know, I'm dying here. It's that quick. But he prayed and Jesus answered his prayer even after he fell. He prayed, and Jesus answered him. You see, that God always answered the cry of his people. It was the cry of the people that caused him to get Moses ready to bring them out. So I wanted to stay here. We still need to stay here because there's some principles that I want you to understand. In your situation, everything is looking crazy. But the situation, the answer is in your situation. The water that was bitter, that was where the miracle needed to take place. Because the water was there. They had water. They were thirsty. They had the water. It was right there. It was just the consistency of the water was not what they needed to be. But those folks didn't think that God would even, they didn't even have it in their minds to say, Hey Moses, let's pray to God about this water. Thank God for Moses. So Moses prayed that the same water that was in front of them, that God would take and change the consistency of the water and make it fit for drinking. And when God had granted him that 
favor. When God had answered his prayer, he promised, see, God answered his prayer. And so God is going to answer your prayer. How do you perceive where you're at? And so he took the top of his stick that had laid down on his feet and divided it in the middle. And he made a section lengthways. He then let it down into the well and persuaded the Hebrew that God had hearkened to his prayer. So he put the water in, stick in the water and you got to tell these unbelieving people Go ahead and drink the water. And had any promise to render the water such that they desired it to be, in case they would be subservient to him in what he should endure them to do. And this not after a remiss or a negligent manner. And when they asked what they were to do in order to have the water changed from for the better, he bid the strongest men amongst them that stood there to draw up the water and told them that when the uh, greatest part was drawn up, the, re the remainder would be fit to drink. So they labored at it till the water was so agitated and purged as to be fit to drink. They still needed to be, but they still needed faith. They had to trust what M Moses said to do from faith to faith. Faith is, <laughs> you have to do things. Faith without works is dead. They would have still been there. So I wanted you guys to see these principles that are wrapped up within these stories. Very important to you and I. And, um, you know, we're going to continue this. Uh, let me uh, let me read some more, and then I'll stop after this particular uh, uh, chapter, and then we'll go from there. But it's very important that I want you guys to get some answers here, some directions as to your situation. So even though you God he prayed and God heard his prayer, he still needed faith. He did he had to do something. He laid his stake in there. The men had to still do something, had to clear out of the water. There's some things for you still to do. Peter had to walk. There's things for you to do. Peter had to walk. So uh walk, clear the things away and uh you know, God will show up for you. And now removing from thence, they came to Elam, which place looked well at a distance, for there were a grove of palm trees. But when they came near to it, it appeared to be a bad place, for the palm trees were no more than 70. So they have 70 palm trees they show up, and they were ill-grown and creeping trees by the want of water. For the country about was all parched, and no moisture sufficient to water them and make them help and useful and so we see the land you're looking at the land and it was uh deprived depraved of the water and so uh all the fountains and stuff like that which were in a number of 12 and they were at a, a few moist places in the spring which uh not breaking out of the ground nor running over could be sufficient to water the tree so there were some springs there but nothing uh to, to talk about much and when they dug into the sand they met with no water and it took a few drops of it into their hands they found it to be useless on account of the mud trees were too weak to bear fruit for want of being sufficiently cherished so now this is um uh, this is the historian's documentation of this so they laid the blame on their conductor so they showed up to this place 
and uh, the trees, the water is not running sufficiently to water the trees. And those people, all they can do is blame Moses. That's, isn't it amazing? So they laid the blame on their conductor and made very and heavy complaint against him. So they're getting emotional again. So they're blaming him, yeah, and they made heavy complaints against him and said that this miserable state that this man is bringing and the experience they had the adversity were owing to him for that they had them journeyed an entire 30 days and had spent all the provisions they had before them with them and meeting with no relief they were in a very despondent condition emotionally again okay and by fixing their attention upon nothing but their present misfortune and by fixing their attention upon nothing but their present misfortune, they were hindered from remembering what deliverance they had received from God, and those by the virtue of wisdom of Moses also. So they were very angry at their conductor, were zealous in their attempt to stone him as the direct occasion for their present misery. I'm going to stop there. When you get emotional, you get out of faith. When you start complaining, you get out of faith. When you start blaming people, you get out of faith. You come upon this thing, the children of Israel came on this, and it was Moses' fault that the water was not running to water the tree. It was Moses' fault. Now, this is the historian. This is not a Christian man, the Bible, the book of Yasher, nothing. This is Josephus, a historian that is telling us what's going on. And so these people, it says that, and by fixing their attention upon nothing but their present misfortune. Where else did we see that? With Brother Peter, he is walking on the water, he's doing his thing. And he began to fix his attention upon nothing but the, his present misfortune, what was that? It was the sudden wind and storm, the change of situation. When he began to fix his attention upon it, he sank out of faith. These guys could not come out of their present misfortune. They were hindered from remembering. And so we see how one can be hindered from remembering what God has done, how he has delivered you before, how he will deliver you again and again and again. Why? If you guys, I did a podcast that God owns salvation. It is his. He said, salvation belongs to me. And then he makes another statement, deliverance belongs to me. It is mine, saith the Lord. So, he is able to deliver us, or he's able to save us through his deliverance. How he saves us and how he delivers is his. But look in your situation and speak and go to God in prayer and ask him to do something about your situation. Speak to the water. Go in prayer and ask him to turn the water into good stuff, whatever it is. Peter could have spoke to that um to that and uh, storm and he would have walked over to Jesus and Jesus would have met him but he took his eyes off and he began to fix his attention upon nothing but the storm and he missed Jesus the answer that was in front of him the answer that was keeping him walking on the water you and I will take our eyes off the word of God 
and we will sink. But remember, Peter cried, don't get like these people here. They became very angry. And as I said before, when you get emotional, you're not walking by faith. Faith and your emotions are two different things. That's how you know how you're out of faith, because you're too emotional about it. Don't allow your emotions to steal your victory, steal your deliverance. Because go to God because he owns salvation and he does own deliverance. It's his character to do both. It's who he is. Don't allow your situation to have you fixing your gaze on it because then you will tap into your reasoning and you'll become despondent, become fearful and discouraged and you're done. So walk. This is how God set it up. Herein is the righteousness of God revealed. From faith to faith, just shall live by faith. We are here, guys, at this podcast to learn who we are in Christ so that we truly can become effective because we have an assignment to do and change this world.